Here's a podcast with Councillor Jim Murray from the Liberal Democrats representing Hampden Park in Eastbourne. We recorded this in a noisy studio at the University of Brighton on the 15th of February 2018. So apologies for the background noise. Hi, and let me just say hello and welcome to Councillor Jim Murray. How are you doing, Jim? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, hey, look, look, listen, no problem at all. I think it's a really good idea to find out about our councillors in Eastbourne and find out about who they are and what they do and how they help the community. And you're a perfect example of that. Somebody who's a councillor for Eastbourne and has been for a while. Um, but I don't want to talk about you too much. T- Jim, why don't you tell us about, you know, what's your ward? How long have you been representing your ward? So uh, Hamden Park is uh, where I come from. Um, I've been in Hamden Park for about 10 years. Originally, when I moved into Eastbourne, I moved into the Shinewater area, okay. uh, which is another fantastic sort of estate living. Um, very much from the background of my family. So, uh, my mum and dad come from Slough, mm-hmm. and uh, then we moved down to Dor- Dorchester. Um, my father was a social worker. Um, so we've always lived on estates and I've always loved the camaraderie and the community spirit that you get on those sort of areas. Oh, that's nice, isn't that, actually? So you, so you, how long have you lived in Eastbourne now, then? Uh, I lived in Eastbourne for 27 years. 27 years. So you've seen some changes? Yes, very much so. Because mm. um, I'm a carpenter by trade, so when I first moved into Eastbourne, um, the population was 65,000. Right. Um, I'm, one of the reasons why I moved down there was to help build these uh, sovereign um, uh, sovereign um, housing estate. Ah, right. Yes, and um, there's about 6,000 houses that have gone up down there, uh, along with a lo- load of houses in, in Shinewater and Hamden Park and all around the town. So since I've been there in the 25 years, the population or the ho- the population has increased by 35,000. Yeah, that's a lot. So we've gone from 65,000 to about 110,000 there. Oh, right, okay. It's a huge amount of difference. Yes. Most popular place to move to in, in the country is Eastbourne. Well, I'm not surprised. Along, it is uh, nice. Along with being the sunniest place and the... Uh, happiest place in the country to live <laughs> now do you know what if everyone listening okay the funny thing about this sunniest place to live thing is i think it's true i've just moved out of eastbourne to bex hill right yeah. and it rains in bex hill all the time so i reckon that the downs really do shield eastbourne from all of that weather definitely so there's not like you're not lying when you say that i think anyway but that's my own personal opinion of course but anyway okay so <laughs> how long have you been a councillor jim uh, i've been a councillor for seven years now we're uh, coming up for re-election in 2019 oh. um, but before then i did an awful lot of community work in the shine water area set up a youth club uh, helped work with um, shine water park sort of developing that um, and I got spotted by our local MP, Stephen Lloyd, Ooh. and he started hovering around me about sort of 10, 12 years ago and sort of saying, come and help us, come and help us, Jim. It's, it's only a few hours a week. Um, <laughs> and then eventually he talked me into it and sort of 40 hours a week, in addition to my normal working week, um, I've become a councillor. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think people don't quite realise the amount of commitment that you guys put in. Um, you know, I work with councillors all over the South, and I'm just astounded, really, about the amount of time that you give. Uh, and it's really nice that there are people in the community that do that, to be honest. And I'm not just saying it, but, you know, I couldn't do it. And so hats off to you guys. It's, it's something which I've always done. So um, it's, 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 it's not really a hardship for me. Um, and because I really enjoy doing it, it's certainly something which I uh, um, sort of wouldn't knock. The, the step up, though, from councillor to MP is huge. You right. know, Stephen Lloyd... Is, is the amount of work that he puts in um, one of the conditions was that when he started work as, a, as an MP that his wife insisted that he have every seventh weekend off uh-uh. <laughs> as opposed to every seventh day yes. <laughs> um, which, which he hates having to take off but uh, but he does do that so, but, but that's the sort of commitment that you need to be able to put in if you're going to be MP as a councillor we can drift in and out of it if we, if we need a little bit of time off then we can do that um, but um, all the time that you're enjoying it you, you, you keep you keep cracking on right so your ward is Hampden Park West uh, well, the, the, both the wards are all together so it's Hampden Park East and Hampden Park West Sorry. the only reason that we've got two sides is because we've got a railway line going in, in, in between us oh let's not talk about the railway line there and that, and that crossing uh, mind you we could do the later on the later <laughs> one let's talk about that yeah we'll come back to that one yeah <laughs> probably wise probably wise okay so Hampden Park is a nice area 
Uh, you know, I, I think that, that there's there's lots of things that go on there. Um, but we can come back to that again later on, I guess. Tell me a bit more about what made you decide to become a counsellor. You mentioned your family and... Um, it's it's all down to the fact that um, I like to be able to sort of help out other people. Um, it's very frustrating on the outside of council. It's very frustrating on the inside of council as well. But it's, very, it's even more so on the outside. Sort of asking for things to be done and the painfully slow results that you get to uh, when you when you haven't got a little bit of um, uh, say within the actual council itself. So as a councillor, I get a, a little bit more control. Um, I've got access to a, f- a few more pots of money. For example, each one of the wards in Eastbourne has £10,000 that we can give away to various charities, um, right. up to £4,000 each, um, which is a really useful little pot. You know, we can get trees planted. Um, we can um, sort of help out local youth clubs. Um, there's a karate club that we've helped out in the past where they couldn't afford to buy all their mats so uh, we bought the mats for them and in return they gave us four free places for a year for some local families so they could get some karate training oh that's nice it's a good payback isn't it yeah that's nice so there's always a bit of sort of to and froing with this but um, and I I do really like the bartering system as well so (laughs) uh, so there's there's lots of opportunities for us to be able to sort of do that sort of thing as well yeah that's true yeah so a, a contra deal as it were so in other yeah. words yeah we help you what can you help us with right mm-hmm. which makes sense doesn't it because sometimes you know that's worth more than just money is because you know you can actually get a better value through barter yes than you could do normally or ordinarily oh that's that, that's cool then so okay thinking about tell us a bit more about your family you come from slough you say and was your dad an activist am i right <laughs> am i a political activist or? uh i was conceived in slough and i was born in dorchester oh okay <laughs> right, right but you don't sound dorchesterese no no we, we I stayed there for 10 years and then we moved to uh, canterbury oh, right, okay. where um my mum and dad were quakers <clears throat> so we lived in a okay. quaker meeting house right in the center of uh, uh, uh canterbury actually lived in a it's <coughs> oh tell me more about that because i thought a quaker meeting house was kind of like well what the name suggests really just a meeting house or a sort of church space or something but you say you live there did you what did you run the did your family run it as well or yeah there was a three-bedroom flat above the the meeting house right. uh, my mum and dad got that rent free in exchange for them running the actual um uh, bookings and everything downstairs and keeping the house clean oh right okay so my dad went off and did his social work my mum ran the house and she looked after the Quaker meeting house as well and, and did all the bookings and that's amazing See, things follow on don't they because Quakers were very much socially oriented so you know <coughs> very much so you know, yeah yeah and, and of course that's continued on with your generation as well now yeah um if you look back at the things that Quakers have done um uh, so, actually I may be wrong here mm-hmm. most people are with the Quakers but we'll try are we talking Roundtree? We're talking Cadbury? Roundtree, Cadbury, Cadbury's, yeah. Okay. yeah they're, they're all Quakers, yeah. We'll come back in on that. Yeah. So if we're talking about, you know, how Quakers helped people, you know, in, in the past, I think Roundtree and Cadbury were uh, were people of example like that, weren't they, when they really helped their workers to live properly? Yeah, if you think about uh, the way trade sort of set up these days, where mm-hmm. they sort of share the profits and things, and that was very much the way, and they would also provide housing and things for their people as well. So if they built a factory, they might build 40 houses to go alongside it so that people have got somewhere to live, um, build schools alongside them as well, so they had uh, places to educate all their young people. So that's really so affected the way you work then, isn't it, really? Uh, definitely. And it's funnily enough, everyone, you don't know at the moment, but we're recording in the University of Brighton radio room. Um, just to, to show again the community sort of aspect of what Jim does and uh, it's interesting because we've got students running around all, all outside haven't we really mm. making an interesting uh, noise but anyhow um, okay so so your dad was obviously um, involved with the Quakers and uh, as you were <coughs> growing up and how about other things as well um, obviously trying to talk about the union side of things mm-hmm. now um, as you've mentioned before demonstration Molesworth CND yeah. So was your family sort of politically active as well as being active in, within the Quaker movement? Well, my dad was a uh, Labour councillor in, um, in, 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 in Dorchester. Right. So my dad was a Labour councillor in Dorchester. 
Um, and I remember, because I was only 10 when we left there, so I remember him sitting around the dining room table with all his mates, and it was literally the, the bottles of brown ale on the, on the table <laughs> with, with everybody smoking wood pines around it. Uh, so um, very strange for me as a youngster, but sort of looking back on it, that, that must have been brilliant to be sort of part of yeah. all of that. Being um, able to change things, you know, yeah. and they're trying to affect change, I can imagine, yeah. 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 Um, they, they, they came they brought up in a different sort of time from us as well so we fostered quite a lot of children as well oh, yeah. um, we ended up fostering about 72 children wow. um, over the period of my dad's living in Slough and in Dorchester which was about 15 years 72 children yeah right but, but back in back in those days um, what would happen is that my dad would find somebody who was being abused or something in somebody's house and he would literally take them out of the house that day, bring them home with him. Um, we would look after them for two days, two weeks, for two months, whatever, until we found somewhere else for them to be sort of housed and moved on to. Crikey. So um, it was very proactive in those days. You couldn't do it these days, but... Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly, exactly. But I th- it is, again, that's a real community spirit, you know, yeah. looking after the kids or, or, I guess, adults as well, you know, yeah. abusive relationships, as we term it nowadays. Yeah. But, yeah, oh, okay, all right. And so, of course, the 70s were very politically active anyway, weren't yeah. they, in terms of you know, unionism, <clears throat> excuse me, yeah, unions, um, CND, things like that. Was that something that your your parents were, or yourself? I mean, were was anyone? Uh, my dad that? was an absolute staunch um, unionist. Um, uh-huh. Used to call everybody comrade. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, are you sure you're not Alexi Sale? Because I think Alexi Sale's parents were exactly the same way. Yeah, yeah. It was like they, well, okay, yeah. Um, the comedian <laughs> Alexi Sale, that yes, is, by yeah. the way, kids. Yeah. <laughs> the um, he came out on strike one time to support one of his uh, co-workers who'd been un- unfairly dismissed. And in the first two weeks, 70 members of staff came out in su- in su- in support of him. Um, by the third week, it was down to 35. By the fourth month, there was my dad and one other person who was still out on the strike. Wow. And in those days, it, you, you barely got enough money to feed yourselves when you were right. out on the strike. It was the union sort of supporting you, but there wasn't a lot, a lot of support. And I remember there, those being... Harder times. Yes. You know, we, we used to live off Marmite fritters and things and oh, uh, meet if we were lucky in three veg, sort of whilst he was on strike. But he wasn't going to go back to work until this guy got reinstated again. Yeah. And in the end, he did get reinstated, you know, so he was justified in sort of sticking it out. Oh, wow. Good um, thing. Yeah. And yeah, and, and, uh, that's one of the things that stuck with me, you know, sort of if you've got your standards, stick by your standards and stick by them as, as much as you possibly can, you know. Well, you can't argue with that. No. Can you? you can't argue. So, uh, okay. So, Thinking, thinking about that, just trying to think about how. Um, okay, I think we've probably talked about your dad enough for that. Then, to be honest, um, okay, all right. Well, I think probably now's a good time to go into some music. Okay. And I asked you to send me over a list of music, which has been. I tell you what, it's it's eclectic, as they say. It's it's, <laughs> it's certainly different. So the, the first track I, I think we'll have a quick chat about is the Jam. Yeah. And go on, you in, you introduce it. The the, the Jam, I, I didn't really discover before I discovered this particular track. Yeah. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but I was into um, ELO and uh, sort of things like that. And <laughs> yeah. then there was one day when I was driving down to Portsmouth with my dad, and this track came on the radio, and it completely changed my outlook on um, on all, all my music from then on. And that was Eaton Rifles by the Jam. <laughs> Yeah. 
there we go. And that was the jam with uh, the Eaton Rifles. Interesting lyrics, I think. Very much so. It meant a lot to me at the time. Yeah, I, I bet. I bet. Okay. So we've, we've mentioned your community work. We've mentioned that you've been a councillor for seven years. Seven years, wasn't it? Seven years, yeah. Yeah. Coming up for re-election in May 2019 when everyone yep. comes up for re-election. And one of the things that, um, that, that I found out, which was quite interesting, was what's this connection with Fat Boy Slim then? All right, okay. Because, of course, we're in the University of Brighton where he actually he did study here. Yeah. Um, which is why we, you know, we can use his music sort of royalty free and everything. But what's this I found out about you and him? I um, got invited by some friends to come down to a gig on the seafront, and the year before, Fat Boy had done a free concert, yes. and about thirty thousand people had turned up, and it was a great beach party. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this year we turned up. We arranged to meet some people down on the, on, on the beach, and I. There was half a million people there. It uh, was it yes. was unbelievable. This was two thousand two. Two thousand two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I remember this as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was a pretty good day. <laughs> yeah, and I'd already always been into my house music as well as uh, as well as my punk, yeah. and um, it was it was just such an amazing day. It was so lovely to see half a million people out there, all enjoying themselves, all being really nice to each other, mm-hmm. sharing whatever they had because. It, if you're on the beach you were stuck on the beach you know you couldn't get anywhere so if you were thirsty or something you just ask the person next to you if they've got anything to share and they'd share it with you you know it was, it was a superb day so ever since then I've been to see Fat Boy every year since 2002 yeah I, I know what you mean I mean funnily enough following on from that because there was an issue with planning funnily enough mm-hmm. as you're involved with planning yes, yeah, Eastbourne yeah. Um, you know being at the Amex just isn't the same I don't think it has the same vibe when he's done his big beach booty over there so uh, Norman try and get back on the beach will you yeah yeah from us yeah (laughs) even the one that he did on New Year's Day when it was absolutely Mm. chucky it down you know it was so cold but uh, David Guetta was supporting him right Um, I think he got electrocuted five times (laughs) 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 and they ended up having to come off stage but Fat Boy stuck it out and uh, absolutely fantastic evening well yeah you know the the, the king you could say of Brighton and Hove of course Um, good old Norman Cook so Hold on a second. So talking about planning, as we were with Norman Cook or Fatboy Slim trying to get back onto the beach in Brighton, of course, that's quite important for you because you hold quite an important role for Eastbourne Council as well, don't you? Which is... Uh, I'm Chair of Planning over in Eastbourne at the moment, uh, mainly because of my background in construction. So I'm a carpenter by trade, but I've been a project manager as well and sort of designed a few projects and things. So, um, because of that and my interest, yes. you've, got, you've got to be interested in these things. Um, I, I ended up being chair of planning as well. Oh, right. So, I mean, that's got to be one of the busiest committees, surely, in terms of people putting in planning permission. Because things have changed over the years, haven't they, in terms of what people need permission to, to actually go ahead and do? The, the government tries to use it as a, a way of boosting the economy by sort of allowing builders to do more building works in certain areas you're now allowed to expand to build eight meters out from the back of your house right without planning permission um without true planning permission I'd better add yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> um the uh, and, and so the idea is that the more builders that are working then the more money is coming back into the economy oh, okay. so we're loading it from the bottom rather than from the top uh, with the uh, markets so the markets is top loading construction is bottom loading okay and um that's the better way of doing it but it's it's not really happening still you know because the, the, the government's put in too many other sort of restraints vat on on refurbishment of buildings with vat on um, retrofitting buildings um, and all sorts of other bits and pieces that they've done to to muck us about yeah there is a, there is that issue isn't there like yeah. if, if it's a, a listed property which of course in, in eastbourne i guess uh, there are a, a fair share yeah um, isn't there something about VAT not being able to be reclaimed on building materials and things which which doesn't strike me not that it matters what I think but it doesn't strike me as particularly fair and I guess um, well again let's not go down that road because I'm sure you could talk for hours about that one yeah. so okay so I'm sure everyone wants to hear a really interesting case obviously don't name names or be too specific 
But is there an interesting case? Because I don't know whether other people know this, but Eastbourne has got a really interesting precedent or rather a whole bunch of rules that need to be followed uh, in terms of development on the seafront and in public places. Um, now, we could go on about I think that's another program, actually, explaining yes, yeah. that one for something. But is there, a, is there something that's as great in terms of... Um, a development again you can't really go into too much detail i suppose but uh, is there an interesting story you can share with us a good success story maybe go it all depends on how you clarify success um we we just recently in the last uh, sort of couple of months had one come through for the eastbourne police station um now i'm very much an environmentalist um i'm looking to sort of try and create homes rather than houses so that means sort of thinking about how you how you green up your area how you actually live in the house afterwards how the house is constructed um using local labor using local materials using sustainable materials um so that's my sort of remit when I'm wherever I'm sort of looking at the general building of houses in the town and buildings in the town. It doesn't really come into effect an awful lot, right. but in this particular case, it's it's sort of ch- changing the way that we look at planning altogether in Eastbourne. And what we've got is fifty flats in the town centre with zero parking. Yeah. Um, now the idea the idea of that. Bef- two three years ago would be absolutely unthinkable because everybody was saying no if it hasn't got any parking then you can't it can't build the building yeah but we have to build a certain amount of houses in the town every year if we don't build those houses then we get penalized by central government mm-hmm. and those pen those those um uh, th- those punishments can be really quite severe as in they c- could even take take away our planning and control from us oh, really? and take it back into central government which would mean that our lovely Eastbourne Park, Shinewater Park, uh, could potentially be built on. You know, at the moment we've got that preserved. Nobody can build on there as long as we're in control. But if central government took it, then that could happen. So the idea of the police station and having 50 flats there with no parking, unheard of. But we did get it through planning permission this time. They've come up with some unique ideas. Um, the residents will get bus passes, free bus passes for t- uh, two or three years mm-hmm. to allow them to travel all around Eastbourne. They get vouchers to buy themselves bicycles. And there's um, a car share scheme similar to what you have in Brighton, um, which they will have uh, free use of for three years as well. Um, so they're, they're thinking outside the box. The flats themselves are quite small. So we're looking at um, young families moving into them. Um, and making them affordable. Nice. Uh, third, third, sorry, 20 of the 50 flats are going to be affordable housing. So it ticks an awful lot of boxes apart from the parking one, yes. um, which would normally be the stumbling block. But we're, we're having to sort of look past that, move back our red lines where we normally wouldn't, wouldn't have crossed and sort of reconsider sort of how we look at planning all together in the town. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 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 I mean, that is innovative, isn't it? To mm. be able to offer the, the car sharing um Things actually quite a good idea, isn't it? For those of you who don't know it, it's like being in a car club, isn't it? Yeah. Where they can rent a car for an hour or two hours just to go to the shops and come back. Um, and you, you said, well, you said that's three years for free. Three so? years for free, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty good. Well, that would sort that out, wouldn't it? And then you've got, of course, the bus travel as well. Mm-hmm. And the, the, yeah, as far as push by, it's a, a good idea too. So really, okay, I can well, see the, what you the, mean. the cycle routes in Eastbourne. We're sort of re, we're, we're, we're instating. Yes. Cycle routes all the way around the town at the moment. There's one going in at the moment all the way across the marshes. Yes. So, um, once again, part of the planning policy is to sort of green up the town. So, we're looking at sort of turning some of the roads into green areas as well. Nice. Don't get me started. Watch, watch, watch this space. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started on the cycling. That's one of the things I love about Eastbourne, actually, to be honest, is the other uh, cycle lanes and the cycle ways. I think it's really nice, you know, the, the cuckoo trail that goes further north, you know, really helps things, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, and people just, you know, people enjoy that. As soon as the sun's out, that's it. You know, if you want to cycle on there, you've got to get there at 6 a.m. or something because it's packed with families and everybody enjoying all of those um, cycle paths and everything else. Yeah. Um, so that that's, no, that's fantastic. Okay, so at this stage, I think we need to have another break now just to go and get another cup of coffee, which would be quite nice. And also, let's think about the music for this one. Now, it seems to me that you're a bit of a disco lad here, right? First of all, you're going off with uh, Norman Cook and Fat Boy Slim. And now, if you don't mind, Gloria Gaynor with I Will Survive. What's that about? Uh, massive disco uh, disco fan. Um, 
always enjoyed dancing. Um, unfortunately, I've always enjoyed singing as well. Ah. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm known in town as Karaoke Jim, oh, no. uh, but for all the wrong reasons, because I, I am so bad. Uh, yeah, um, I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, signature record is Bohemian Rhapsody. All right. Uh, yeah. um, but I thought that was a bit too heavy for this one. But my other go-to song is Gloria Gaynor and I Will Survive. And you know what? I, I'm sitting here thinking Jim should be singing along with that, but for some reason he refused <laughs> no. to do it. Yeah, exactly. I can't see why. I can't see why. Okay, so we've spoken about you being an activist. We've spoken about your dad definitely being an activist. That's quite incredible, really. So the, it's, it's no surprise that you're in public service. But what about your mother then? What, did she just sit around the place? No, no, my mum uh, ran the family with a rod of iron. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> she was uh, she was left-handed and she used to have a, a wedding ring which was um, made out of all of her wedding rings uh, from her family. So, so there's about three of them melded into one. Oh, wow. Um, and whenever we were naughty, she used to clip us clip round the back of the head. And it was like being hit by a pin hammer. Yeah, right. But so yeah, really, really strong woman, and um, she, she used to, to, to do a lot of things to do with um, uh, feminism. And um, CND was her big, big thing that she used to do an awful lot with. I remember one day we were sitting in the front room and she said, Jim, James, could you just pop out and get me a pair of bolt croppers, please? All right. And I said, okay, well, what do you want them for? She said, never mind, just go and get me some bolt croppers. She's given me some money. I've come back with this pair of bolt croppers about sort of 10 inches long. And she said, oh, oh God, they're no good. I'll go and get them myself. Right. And she shot off to the shops, come back, and she's come back with this pair of bolt croppers that are about a foot and a half long. And I thought, well, what, what, what do you want them for? And she's not said anything to me. 
And the next thing I've seen is that uh, on the news, there's 30,000 uh, women at Molesworth and they've just cut down seven miles of fencing <laughs> in three minutes. Oh, <laughs> so, this is what, some sort of campaign for nuclear disarmament CND thing at an airbase or something? Uh, those that remember, Molesworth was the base, one of the bases for the American nuclear weapons. Oh. And uh, <coughs> the, the women of the country wanted to raise the fact that the, the area wasn't protected very well and that it was easy to get into there. Um, <laughs> So the Americans were saying, well, no, we've got it heavily defended. We've got people out there with machine guns, and if you try and get in, then we'll, we'll shoot people. So they, the women proved to them seven, minutes, seven miles of fencing they cut down in three minutes because oh. they just literally swarmed the area, all with these bolt croppers. Oh, um, gosh. And uh, th that's now the reason why you have a special type of security fencing. You can't get bolt croppers in between <laughs> because of Molesworth. <laughs> because of your mum. mum. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. What can I say? Mrs. Murray, if you're listening, yeah, you know, then that's fantastic. I mean, but again, that's showing some real sort of commitment there. I mean, did you get involved with, with going up there or anything? Uh, we always used to go on the marches. Um, so we were up in London quite a few times. Um, we went up to Molesworth a few times. Um, as a 16, 17 year old boy, I was more interested in the parties and the music and things that was around at the time. Yeah. Uh, there, was a, there was the beginnings of the dance trains. Uh -huh. And uh, obviously uh, my first introduction to Fat Boy and people like that. Oh, right. Okay. So, so for Fat Boy, as we've talked about earlier on, have you got any particular, uh, a per uh, not perfect, but a favourite track of his? Uh, yeah, I, I certainly have. There's, a, there's quite a few Fat Boy songs that you can't play on the radio, oh. uh, but one that uh, always gets me uh, in the mood for a good party is Gangster Tripping.
that's quite a hard track from Fat Boy, that one, isn't it, really? Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that really goes for it and shows you, you know, what dance music was turning into. Oh, hang on. No, we're not doing a dance music program here, so <laughs> hey, we'll just leave that. But no, brilliant. So that was Fat Boy Sim with Gangster Trippin'. I'll tell you what, Jim, why don't you give us a bit of a, because we're running out of time here, but give us a, a sort of a lowdown, if you can, of some of the things that's happened that are happening in Eastbourne or coming up in Eastbourne. Eastbourne is extremely exciting at the moment. Uh, we've got the new conference centre which has been built as we speak. That's going to be completed at the end of this year. Oh. Um, that, that incorporates the, the, the new tennis, Lawn Tennis Association uh, conference centre as well. All of our theatres are being refurbished. We've got the new shopping centre, which has cost £75 million, which will be opened at the end of this year as well. Yeah, that's looking good, by the way. I saw it at the weekend. Uh, yeah, it's looking busy there still. Eastbourne has got a 50% underspend, believe it or not, in, in people coming to the town. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even I will go to Brighton or Tunbridge Wells to get my Christmas shopping. Right. And what the idea is that the, the new shopping centre will have all the shops that we don't need to go away from. We can come you can do the shopping in Eastbourne. Quite right, too. Yeah. And the cinema as well. And the new cinema, so yeah. the multiplex cinema, which is going in the town centre. Uh, we've got a new swimming pool being built, or, or, or more of a leisure centre, uh, which has been uh, hopefully started at the end of the year in 2018. Okay, whereabouts is that? At, at the new swimming pool, or the old swimming pool site, but the, 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 the old swimming pool is staying where it is. Yeah. The new bit will be built on the car park. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And then when the car park it's been developed then the old bit will be flattened and it'll be turned into a car park hang on a second that's joined up thinking there isn't yeah. it yeah okay so then we're not without a big leisure centre whilst, no. the, whilst the building works are going on and there's got to be lots of interesting things going in there as well as just a swimming pool as well alright excellent um, and there's an awful lot of uh, green infrastructure being put in place um, through the influence of the local council because we've been in power now for 10 years right. um, and that's a really nice long run uh, for us to actually be able to get our feet underneath the door and yes. uh, underneath the table, so to say, and um, and to, to actually start making some changes, so we're hoping that we can we can continue to do that and um, sort of really start seeing a difference in Eastport. Well, ten years, I mean, that makes it stable, doesn't it? Yes. You know, you can actually implement policies that you promised to implement in the first place, mm-hmm. which again, you know, in local politics or local administration, is difficult to do sometimes, isn't it? Because things change. All the. <laughs> all the time it, it, you see it in, in, in central government all the time you know when the Labour Party go in they'll do one thing Conservatives go in they'll do exactly the opposite and you're flip-flopping between the two all the time and you never really get anywhere no exactly exactly right I mean and you know the, oh, don't stop me about that central government <laughs> we're off on that one okay well brilliant and it's funny enough so we've got all these changes that are happening in, uh, in Eastbourne and strangely enough the next track I think we should play now is David Bowie and Changes which you suggested and it shows you that again you're always trying to affect change or is it just that you just like this song? A uh, bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go David Bowie with Changes. I'm much too fast to take that test. Come 
consultations They're quite aware of what they're going through Ch-ch-ch-changes Turn and face the strain Ch-ch-changes Don't tell them to blow up and out of it Fantastic. I love that song. I think it's brilliant. So, okay, and to help people effect change hey, hey, in the world around them, they can talk to you and, you know, you're there to help them, aren't you, really, as a local councillor? I, I know it sounds corny, but I really am there as their voice. And yeah. without them moaning at me, complaining at me, shouting at me, yeah. um, that I, I don't know what the problems are in, in, in all of Hamden Park, you come to me, tell me what your problems are, and I will try and do absolutely everything that I can to help you. Yeah. Um, I had a lovely woman come to me the other day who was having problems with her young son, getting him into a, a specialist school because he had autism. Right. And she kept apologising, saying, I'm sorry I keep shouting, I'm sorry I keep sort of sending you awful emails and I said it's not a problem keep sending emails keep telling me all your problems because that's what give me gives me the ammunition to be able to go to the officers and sort of say to them why aren't you doing this why can't why can't you be helping this person yeah. and I think that's what people don't realize they don't no. realize that that you are kind of that local councillors are kind of in charge of the council I mean there are obviously professionals running it in terms of the administration or the officers as you just mentioned mm. so they're the people that do the day to day work but you are the guys that pretty much put the policies in place and tell them what to do not on a daily basis but on a policy side of things is that about right? Technically, it is right. Uh, we tend to try and suggest ideas rather suggest, than tell yes, them. Sorry. Um, but but <laughs> the nice thing about being a councillor is also that we're at the opposite end of the spectrum as well because we're the servants of the people as well. Yes. So we're right down at the bottom of the, the chain. We're there to help everybody else, but we're also able to have some influence on what happens at the top of the chain as well. Well, no, exactly. So coming to, to and talking to you about issues uh, you know, to do with the neighbourhoods and to do with the environment is the place, is the, the way to get things done. So you meet people on a regular basis to discuss these sorts of things. I think they're called surgeries, aren't they, or something? Uh, we have a surgery once a month on a Saturday morning, uh, first Saturday of every morning at Tesco's in Hamden Park. Oh, that's from 10 till 12. You can come there and have a chat with us face-to-face. Do we need to make an appointment or don't anything? don't need to make an appointment, no, just turn up. Oh, excellent. Um, we also have our councillor email addresses, which is councillor.murray at eastbourne.gov.uk. And you could just replace the councillor's name in there for anybody else that you want to talk to. Um, I'm on Facebook um, quite a lot and so you can find me on Facebook and sort of uh, send me any questions on there Mm -hmm. Um, or you can contact me on my telephone number uh, which is 07968 148 159 and I'm happy to talk to anybody at any time apart from a Sunday I try and reserve that for my family. So you want the seventh day off, whereas Stephen Lloyd only has the seventh week off. Yes. Oh, he's just lazy, this Jim Murray guy. <laughs> only kidding, of course. Um, brilliant. Jim, it's been brilliant to meet you. And I think it's been so fantastic to, to be able to put your story across to Eastbourne <coughs> and Hampden Park. Thank you very much for inviting me.
You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.